0: We have uh, updates from Atlanta, um, uh, the most sort of heavy one being that on August 29th, the Georgia State Attorney General Chris Carr filed RICO indictments against 61 people associated with the Stop Cop City movement. Stop Cop City or Defend the Atlanta Forest has galvanized the op- opposition over the last two years to the building of the nation's largest police training facility on the site of the nation's largest urban forest. Protesters, protesters are being prosecuted for activities such as using bail funds, self-publishing magazines, and distributing flyers about Tortuguita, the forest offender who was sitting in their tent with their hands up when they were shot fatally by Georgia State Police in January. Since December, 43 Stop Cop City protesters have been charged with domestic terrorism, and if convicted, face up to 35 years in prison. They were all included in the new indictment. In June, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security contradicted law enforcement officials in Georgia over their classification of activist groups as domestic terrorists. And on September 7th, just eight days after the RICO filing was announced, five cop city activists, including two ministers, bravely broke into the construction site of the planned facility and chained themselves to a bulldozer. They declared it to be a people's injunction against the project going forward, then on September 11th, the vote to stop cop city coalition in Atlanta submitted more than 116,000 signatures to put a referendum on the ballot for local voters to be able to choose whether or not the mammoth police training facility should be completed. But Atlanta officials refused to accept the signatures, claiming organizers had missed an August 21st deadline that had previously been extended by a federal judge. Yes, it's confusing. So the case is currently being reviewed by a federal appeals court. Um, and here to update us further on all of this from at- Atlanta is Matt Scott. Um, he's joining us virtually, but he's in Atlanta, is Matt Scott, the editor of the Atlantic Community Collective, or ACPC, which is an independent media outlet that formed in 2020 during the onset of the struggle around the perspective that has produced some really great in-depth research around Cop City. So, Matt, welcome to the
1: show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be here.
0: You have an update uh, about the referendum signatures uh, that you told us about earlier today. Just yesterday, the city council passed a resolution to have the office of the municipal clerk begin the process of digitizing all the re- referendum signatures. 116,000. Significant is the resolution.
1: So the resolution sort of unofficially begins the process of uh, validating the referendum signatures. Of course, the first step in that process would have been to digitize the signatures. Um, So it it begins the process. uh, The clerk will still have technically 50 days from whenever the process does actually begin or the validation officially begins uh, in order to finish that work. But it does take a very important first step and it uh, provides information to the public so they can actually see who uh, and how many people have uh, signed this petition to stop Cop City?
0: Uh, and so, why did the council pass the the resolution?
1: Uh, The city council passed the resolution, uh, they say, uh, to sort of address the lack of transparency that this project has been faced with since the beginning. Um, I would also add to that that 116,000 signatures represents about 30 percent of the Atlanta electorate. That's a higher turnout than has been uh, in any recent municipal election in the city of Atlanta. So if you're on the city council, which voted 11 to 4 uh, this year in in favor of supporting 67 million dollars in funding for Cop City, uh, you have to be paying attention to the number of people who have signed this petition and, and considering your chance for re-election in 2025. So uh, I would imagine that's played a role in the unanimous vote to sort of, uh, begin the digitizing process that the city council had yesterday.
0: Right. And, um, so we'll so- keep watching. As you said, uh, it, it, it's not, um, of huge significance yet. Go ahead, John
2: yeah i I have a a, a couple questions uh uh, matt um so uh, first of all just for uh listeners who may not be entirely uh up to speed on what's uh been happening in atlanta can you just describe the wilani forest where this uh huge police training complex would be built and sort of what's out at stake out there and why people have been fighting so hard uh, uh for this cause and then can't help but note that the the RICO charges uh, that were filed recently uh, are dated back to May 25th, 2020, the day uh, George Floyd was murdered by Minneapolis police officers. In in, in the previous bond hearings for the Stop City activists, uh, Georgia Deputy Attorney General John Fowler argued that the movement is directly connected to the George Floyd uprising. Uh, 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 This certainly uh, really kind of captures the uh, backlash that has taken place uh, in in various levels of government against uh, that uprising, and, and and of course we see the creation of the training center. But so if you can talk both about the their attempts to you know link this to the George Floyd uh, 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 protests and uprising, and just also just fill us in on why that forest out there is so important to people
1: sure so we're talking largely about uh about a 700 acre piece of forest uh contiguous forest in southwest atlanta just outside of the city proper so it's an unincorporated cab, which means the residents around it don't have the ability to vote on what the city of atlanta is doing with this property now about half of that total uh acreage belongs to the city of atlanta it purchased it uh, from the W.E.B. Key family in the early 20th century. The Key family uh, had a plantation there, and prior to that, the Muscogee people lived in these lands. So the history of this land uh, has largely been reflective of of the atrocities that America has, has created uh, over the course of its existence. And then, of course, in the 20th century, when the city of Atlanta purchased this land, they turned it into an operating prison farm uh throughout the course of its history as a prison farm, numerous civil rights allegations were made against it, uh and, and it became a, a site of of sort of understanding the ills of, of the prison system. Uh, so the prison farm stopped operating around 1995 and the area was left uh to return to its natural state return to to being a forest uh the city of atlanta continued to use bits of this land and continues to this day to use bits of this land for a uh gun range uh just outside of several residential neighborhoods uh but largely the the forest was left to sort of retake uh most of this land uh, it by the uh, mid 2010s, it, it had been named one of the four lungs of Atlanta. So it's, it's considerable importance in terms of Atlanta's uh, resiliency in the face of climate change. In 2017, this land was enshrined in the city of Atlanta code uh, as part of the South River uh, forest plan, where it was intended to be protected and preserved uh, throughout Atlanta's history in order to protect us against sort of these threats that, that we face uh, with global, uh, global climate change. Then, of course, the city changed its mind in, in 2021, uh, choosing instead of preserving this land to lease, uh, acreage to the Atlanta Police Foundation for the construction of this facility. Uh, there's been outcry from the very beginning of the announcement of this project and, 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 uh, activists have fought hard against it, uh, in, in several different venues, uh, from electoral to physical occupation of the forest. And it's become one of the main issues that's, that Atlantans are, are facing today, representative of a lot of the larger struggles that we see nationally in terms of environmental justice, racial justice, and, and policing abolition. Uh, the, so that all does tie in together with the RICO charges, which you said, uh, date back to May 25th, 2020, the day that George Floyd was killed. What we've seen in this 109 page indictment is uh, the attorney general's office sort of paint the story that the Defend the Atlanta Forest comes directly out of the George Floyd uprising. And he's connecting all of these things through the Atlanta Solidarity Fund. Uh, which bailed protesters out dating back to 2016, but largely came into the consciousness of Atlanta during the George Floyd uprising of 2020. And that's sort of the central through line that we see throughout the 109 page indictment from the attorney general's office.
0: right and i want to talk a little bit um about the atlanta solidarity fund uh and how uh actually uh acpc uh, atlanta community press collective you know uh wrote in an article last week that they're being basically portrayed um as the somewhat the heart of the you know quote-unquote conspiracy at this rico case can you talk a little bit about that and just sort of (laughs) <laughs> what it means that a solidarity fund is uh being considered that way and um what truth there is if any to to the allegations.
1: Right. So the uh racketeering Influenced and corrupt organization acts uh both federally and on a state level were created uh, in order to take down the the mob or the mafia and they were it was created so that the actions of lower level mob employees can be tied to those of you know, the leaders of, of these organizations. And so what they are alleging in this indictment is that the Solidarity Fund is effectively the leader of this movement. Um, the three organizers behind the Solidarity Fund are, are effectively leaders in this movement and any action taken by anyone that they allege to be part of this movement, uh, is the responsibility of those, uh, three organizers. So <laughs> this is certainly an attack on, on, uh, one of the key elements of a protest now in, in the United States, which is the use of bail funds that dates back to the civil rights movement, um, it, we wouldn't be in a lot of the spaces that we are if there weren't the creation of bail funds, you know, largely what we see during protests, and I'm sure you see the same thing in New York, is that police mass arrest people or, or indiscriminately arrest people in order to get them off the streets uh and, and stop a protest in its tracks and you know these individuals who who face these arrests would be in, in jail for far longer were it not for the existence of these bail funds so this represents an attack on on the very structure of protest in in America
0: right um so, uh, I'm bouncing around here a little bit, but before we sort of head into some other questions, I just want to talk about the state of the land right now. Um, how much forest has been cleared? Um, what's going on currently?
1: So the Atlanta Police Foundation was given 85 acres of land that they are allowed to clear. Uh, so the, the land that they've been allowed to clear has been entirely cleared uh clear cut and has been graded so most of the environmental damage has already been done at this point and originally the the movement was you know alternatively named stop cop city or defend the atlanta forest unfortunately the defend the atlanta forest part of the movement has now changed uh given that the damage has been done uh but construction continues they are trying to speed up uh the can or they're trying to carry out the construction process as quickly as possible ahead of any potential legal challenges to or injunctions uh, to argue that, you know, as much damage or as much construction has been done. It wouldn't make sense for them to stop construction to wait for something like uh the referendum to be voted on.
0: Right. And um so there's going to be a, a, another mass action, uh, on, or I don't, I mean, probably not on, uh, the, the forest. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me there, there have been a few, will, the, will this be the, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth? I'm sorry. I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> Uh, so there have been six
1: weeks of action, uh, prior to this. And, uh, so this November action, uh, is, is sort of looking to be like a mini week of action. Uh, organizers are asking, right. uh, Getting supporters to come from, from uh, across the country and, and internationally to Atlanta from November 10th through the 13th. So not a full on week event, but we, I anticipate seeing a lot of similar things that we've seen during weeks of action past. At the end of those uh, four days, uh, there is supposed to be an action um, where everyone gathered or will gather and, and attempt to stop construction at the actual site itself.
0: Right. Well, we'll be watching, um, uh, there's, uh, uh, much to expect and, uh, much to participate in. There's also actions, uh, here in New York City. There's one on Wednesday, um, uh, uh, that's Stop Cop City related. It's around, um, Governor Brian Kemp, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp being here. You can, uh, find out about that on Instagram. I think at Save Willani. I'll come up with that at the end of this segment if listeners want to keep listening um but but speaking of that the fact that there's an action here uh M- matt give our listeners an overview of the various forces that have come out in coalition against cop city um over you know time now the past two years that the struggle has been going on uh both in atlanta and elsewhere
1: yeah so what we've seen is it uh, a continually growing umbrella of organizations and and sort of sub movements that have all come out uh, against cop City uh, at, at its core of course is an abolitionist movement uh, you know a policing and, and prison abolitionist movement that that believes that further militarization of the police or or you know further resources given to the police will only exacerbate uh, social conditions that are already uh, at risk here in in Georgia. Um, of course there's the environmental movement, uh, wanting to preserve this, this green space. And then there's been a coalition now of electorally minded organizations who began the referendum process. Uh, national support, uh, you know, as you said, protests in, in New York City. Of course we've seen also protests in Chicago and, in Portland and just about every other major city, uh, in, in support of the Stop Cop City movement. So, at, at at its core there's a lot here that that reflects like i said earlier sort of the issues that that we face today and and a lot to be found um in in supporting so uh, or or in this fight so we we see a continuing number of people joining the movement uh as as it progresses
0: right and and i know there's a lot of sort of uh um diversity uh, of groups that are supporting it within Atlanta too you know which is is great and and interesting um uh and so i want to ask about uh how a decentralized movement like this one which it definitely is both i think within Atlanta and then within the country stay internally organized which i think is still internal organization is really sort of the key to success of any, you know, movement, maybe you beg to differ, but yeah, how does a decentralized movement stay internally organized and, you know, stay um making progress, making, changing, me, moving, I don't know, succeeding, I don't know, you know, in motion.
1: Yeah. I would argue at some, um, sometimes this is not an organized movement, but uh, at its core, the movement is, is it has one, one goal, and that is to stop the construction of Cop City. And so whatever gets added onto that by other groups or, or groups that are newly joining as they, they still maintain that radical core of we will stop Cop City. Uh, that's enabled disparate groups with disparate goals and intents to, to come alongside the Stop Cop City movement or join in with the Stop Cop City movement, uh, in, in furtherance of that main goal, which is stopping the construction of this facility uh there are a couple social media accounts that stand at the core of this uh that a lot of organizing is done through and and you know the defend the atlanta forest website but structurally there is no single organization that is leading the charge here it is a conglomeration of organizations that come and go as as pleasing as they please uh in furtherance of, of the movement
0: all right, and there you go. Um, and uh so I have the information uh for the action on uh tomorrow for people who are, are wanting to know about that or share the information. Uh, the Instagram is Wilani Defense underscore N Y C so that's W E E L A U N is a Nancy E E Defense. Underscore NYC is the account you can follow for the New York City based actions to support Stop Cop City. Uh, and there is tomorrow night at 6 p.m. at the Plaza Hotel, 768 Fifth Avenue in uh, response to Governor Brian Kemp being here in New York City. So um, um, how would you say uh, is activist morale, Matt, uh, across the board, you know, from the sort of um, more radical people that are involved to more liberal people that are involved? And then how do you think the movement has been affected by the fact that Tortuguita, the forest defender, you know, was killed back in January?
1: So one of the things that I really get to enjoy reporting on and, and experiencing and witnessing is the resiliency of this movement. Um this movement has faced numerous setbacks from the original vote uh in in favor of of, of leasing this land to the Atlanta Police Foundation to the original uh domestic terrorism charges to the death of Tortugita, uh to the passing of, of the sixty-seven million dollars in funding. So there have been all of these setbacks and, and sometimes very um, strong ones like the death of Tortugita, but they've always served as a, a point of resolve, um, where instead of sort of stepping away from the movement, we've seen more people step up and say, okay, I see this fight and I, I, I believe in it, and I see those people who are still willing to stand up in the face of all of this. And, and I want to come on board with that. So every time that we've had something in the, in terms of state repression, like the domestic terrorism charges, the death of Tortuguita, the arrest of the bail fund organizers in May or these RICO charges, it's drawn more people to the movement. And so morale continues to, to stay high in the face of a lot of adversity and a lot of challenges.
0: Right. Well, that's what we need. So uh, in, in our last uh, minute or so, uh, Matt, uh, talk more about the Atlanta Community Press Collective, um, how important, you know, it is. I'm so happy to see, you know, this independent outlet coming out of this uh, movement out of Atlanta and some of the archival research you guys have been doing, particularly um, the listeners, if they haven't read, should read a brief history of the old Atlanta prison farm Um uh Which, you know, Matt was sort of referencing some of that history at the beginning of the show. But yes, tell us about more about ACPC in our last minute.
1: Yeah, so ACPC is an abolitionist, not-for-profit, not for local, independent newsroom here in Atlanta. We've been focused on accountability journalism and investigative journalism. Uh, in the face of a, of a local media market that is largely dominated by uh, one organi- one group, the Cox Media Group, owned by Cox Enterprises, uh, the president of Cox Enterprises is the chief fundraiser for the Cop City Project. So when ACPC launched, there was a, a dearth of of coverage and investigative journalism into Cop City uh, because of the the media situation and, and the lack of interest in our paper of record which is owned by Cox Media Group in really addressing uh, this facility. So local journalism has been our, our, our driving force and we are happy to remain uh, at the forefront of it here in Atlanta.
0: Great and how can people uh, keep up with you all where can they find you?
1: Uh, you can find us on twitter at advanta or the x platform i should say at atlanta underscore press instagram is at atl press collective uh and if uh, you're interested you can donate to us at opencollective.com slash acpc
0: great well matt scott from the atlanta community press collective thanks so much for joining us today on the independent news hour and we look forward to keeping up with you
1: thanks for having me i'll talk to y'all later
0: all right, we are going to go to a uh, music break, and we'll be right back with more.
3: They lifted their hands into the air Like trees reaching from the forest Like a prayer Grateful for the world's abundance They lifted their hands To the shouts of agents' violence trust. Grateful for the world's abundance, they lifted their hands to comply to the shouts of agents' violence tries to erase those who care.
0: the stop cop city choir whose music you can listen to on the great website bandcamp.com you are listening to the independent news hour i am amba gergarian your co-host here with john tarleton